0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. This uh, famous episode gives us so much this morning. The disciples are struggling against some adversity... They're just doing their lives, leading them and there is a, a storm which pushes against them. This is us. Every day it seems that we are pushing against the wind that is blowing in our face and trying to keep us back. We meet opposition. We meet opposition in the form of misunderstanding, unmet expectations, anger, disappointments, problems, uh, indecisiveness. And we are rowing our day against this, and it is just pushing us. And it's even pushing us not only off course, but in a direction we feel strongly we don't want to go. And our reaction to being under these circumstances, well, that depends on our personality. Do we get angry and furious? Or do we just kind of give up in resignation and become depressed? Or do we resort to passive aggression? Or do we find ways of plotting revenge against pitiless life? Well, that depends on who we are. But anyway... These fishermen have been there before and they are trying to get the boat to go against, against the current, the wave, the wind. And uh, they see Christ coming to them. And uh, unfortunately, they are not on land. They are out at sea. And uh, those of us who have been on the pilgrimage In October, we're on the so-called Jesus boat, which is the replica of the boat that they dug up from the period of Christ, much bigger than you imagine, much larger than you'd think, on the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee, which is much bigger than you think. And there is a a point at which there is a valley that comes from the Mediterranean and funnels the wind from the Mediterranean uh, right down on to that sea of Tiberias. And we felt it. We were driving, we were going along in this boat and everything was fine, and then all of a sudden, whammo, we were hit by this wind and the boat started getting choppy. We had just had a big meal and not everyone was delighted with the uh, sudden motion of the boat. And uh, there's a photograph of uh, three of us standing there with our beards trailing behind us. The wind is so strong. So we were all talking about this gospel as we experienced this, and we said, gee, it really is like this. They see Christ, and he's walking along, the problem being that he's walking along on the water, which is the source of their terror. Because, of course, these are fishermen. They know from water. They understand what the uh, the uh, circumstances are. They may not know the physics as we do. They may not have all of the science down but they understand that you don't walk on water, and he's walking on water. So they're terrified. They're terrified because of their very keen sense of the demonic, by the way. Could this be uh, an outrageous manifestation of evil? And uh, evil in the uh, this world is never uh, encapsulated. The reason people fear evil so much, the reason that the crowds in the vampire movies are afraid of evil is that they understand that evil is very contagious. It is a highly volatile and highly contagious matter. You get anywhere near it, you're in trouble. This is why in Greece, not only monastics, but uh, people of, of religious faith, faith, when they yawn, they, they make the sign of the cross over their mouth. They don't go, oh, oh, and they make the sign of the cross. Because of St. Paul's clear teaching on the aerial phantoms, meaning the aerial demons, the demons of the air. And uh, I know very advanced scientists who take all this very seriously. And they say a lot of people who are having a lot of trouble in their lives uh, don't realize the source of this are things that if you explained it to them, they would snort in disapproval. Well, this is, this is for grandmothers to think about, not me. You know, I have a BA or something. But uh, Christ is now terrifying his uh, disciples. And that is not without its significance. The idea that God can only be the sweetheart, the nice pal who comes only to whisper sweet nothings in your ear is ridiculous if you read the New Testament. Uh, Christ is in all sorts of moods and in all sorts of emotional circumstances with his friends. And it isn't as if Christ gets close to the boat and says, oops, gee, it didn't occur to me that this would be a little bit scary for my friends. He knew very well what the likely response was going to be. And he does it unhesitatingly. So uh, the, the cowering disciples, exhausted from their efforts to move what is, after all, a a rather large boat, a small ship against the, the wind and the waves, the current, uh, are peering out at him in disbelief. And Peter, the bold one, the mouth of the apostolic choir, uh, says, Lord, if it is thee, bid me to come unto thee because they know that the demon can appear in different forms, can take on different forms. What is this? And of course, Christ has come. And so Peter does. And uh, we know the rest of the story. Uh, Christ so frequently comes to us in the context of storm. The Prince of Peace is himself peace, as the eye of the storm is peace. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a raging hurricane, a real tornado around him. And there can be. And the point here, the, the, the lesson is to keep your eye on the prize, to keep your eye on the Savior in the midst even of storms. Of course, we ideally like, every night, to go to a quiet place in our home and to turn the light off so that we only have a candle or an oil lamp, preferably, and we, in, in a state of true peace, begin to work the prayer rope, to say the Jesus prayer, or to say any prayers that we want to say. And that is very nice, and that is very sweet, indeed. And we should do that. But the fact that life occurs at the moment we happen to be living it as a a raging storm does not mean that God is absent from that. The storm can be the context for the presence of the Prince of Peace. And of course, if we focus in on the storm of our day, of our life, of our moment, of our situation, then we sink. In spite of the nearness of the Lord. In spite of the fact that we might have nanoseconds before been actually experiencing the miracle of walking on water ourselves. So quickly can we lose it. So, instantly, can it all just evaporate? And here we need to pay very close attention to all the lists of, to all the lessons of the uh, New Testament. Because they are so various. And that's good because our lives have such variety in them. Our day, in fact, our hour, can be for us an emotional roller coaster in which we go from highs to lows that leave us dizzy and disoriented. This uh, incident of the storm at sea and the walking on the water and the sinking and so on and so forth uh, is one of the most instructive incidents in the entire New Testament for sure because it finds us so perfectly. We are on our boat so frequently fighting the current, fighting against something. We can become so concentrated with that that we don't even see the presence, the miraculous presence of the Lord who finds us walking on water. He invites us to join him in the miracle. And the miracle is constituted of becoming light, Yes, I know, it's, it, means a, uh, it means a disruption of the law of gravity, for sure. But in another sense, Peter simply becomes all lightness. He becomes weightless. Our life can be so heavy, we can feel so squashed by some remorseless moment in it. And we can feel so uh, put down by the heaviness, by the weight of our day. But here, Peter, having experienced the heavy weight of the storm and then terror, becomes so light that he floats on the water. Miraculously. There was nothing light about him physically. And yet he did it. He did it until he re-entered the storm instead of re-entering the presence of God. And then all his weight returned to him, and he sank. This, surely, is the thing that we must be testing all the time. If we want to learn something new, if we want to experiment in our life, it is to experience Christ in prayer in such a way that we become lighter than our day, more weightless than our weighty problems that weigh us down. What an absolutely elegant incident this is for them who experienced it and for us who reflect upon the experience so many centuries later. Amen.